0: sing along
1: It's the sun.
2: That. Good morning. It's good to see you here at Sunset Hills this morning. Thank you so much for taking time out of a busy week to come and worship and praise our Heavenly Father. And I pray that all that we do brings honor and glory to Him, not to ourselves, but to Him. If today is your first time to be with us here at our church, we're glad that you're here. We're glad everyone's here, but especially the first timers to come here. We would love for you to spend some time getting to know us and us to get to know you. And We can do that by a couple of different ways, texting hi to that number that's on the screen. Or if you go out in the foyer, there's, a, there's an old-fashioned way of just pen and paper. Tell us who you are. We would love to just connect with you and, and just get to know you a little better. Are you glad to be at church this morning? Yes. It's good to see you. Let's pray as a, as, for our Father just to do what He wants to do here this morning father we're grateful for this day we're grateful for your love we're grateful that we can praise you and we can talk with you and that we can worship you and that you want to commune with us you want to be a part of our lives and we're grateful that this morning as we wait to hear from you that you will speak to us may your spirit be present this morning and do an incredible work as only He can do through the singing, through the fellowship, through the preached Word, through your servants this morning. Bless us together. May we be open, if the Holy Spirit's speaking to us to do something, that we won't put it off, that we will be open to listening to His voice and following His lead. We ask these things in the blessed name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Continue as we sing. I heard the worship team this morning just getting things ready. Man, just rear back and let it go. You're going to be blessed by what you hear this morning.
1: sing just want to be We just want to be with you. We just want to be with you.
0: And pray with me this morning. Lord, we're so grateful to serve a God that, God, we can be with. And, Lord, we feel your presence here this morning. I was reminded as... was thinking about our set list this week. of The story where Elijah was fighting a fierce battle and his servant Elisha was fearful because he looked out over the mountains and he saw a vast army. And there were just a few that were in his camp and Lord, it, it just looked by all accounts that they were outnumbered. And Lord, it didn't look good. And God, as we sing that song, open the eyes of my heart, Lord. So grateful, Lord, that you allowed him to see through the eyes of faith. And God, as he was looking out at the enemy, Lord, for just a brief moment, moment. You allowed him to see your army of angels that were completely surrounding the enemy, Lord. God, this morning, I feel like there's someone here that Lord, is looking out over the mountain. Lord, it looks like the, the enemy is has them outnumbered, God, but Lord, we're so grateful that God, when you cast Satan out of heaven and he took a third of the angels with him, that God, even on his best day, Lord, he's outnumbered two to one. So God, this morning, I just pray that person that may be looking out over the horizon and seeing the enemy, God, this morning let them see that that God you love the birds in the air and the God you love us so much more and that God you have this that situation already in control Lord the enemy can't touch us because God we don't belong to the enemy we're your child as we enter into this time of worship, God, let it just be an encouragement to us. Remind us that we serve a good God. Lord, if you call us to something this morning, give us the courage, the faith, Lord, to be able to move and step forward, to step out on faith. We love you today, Lord. Thank you for all your goodness and your blessings in our life. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated this morning.
2: We'd just take care of a few pieces of business right quick. Um, a lot of us have been, I think our church as a whole, has been praying for Troy Mills and his uh, recent transplant surgery that was happened a week ago last Thursday. I'm happy to report to you, maybe you haven't heard this yet, that Troy was able to come home from the hospital uh, this past week. I think on Friday is when he came home, Saturday. Yeah. We're grateful for that. He has still a long rhetoric of recovery awaiting him and is very susceptible to different germs and things with his immuno, uh, being immunocompromised. So I also want to say that really visitors are very limited. So Uh, I would not encourage you to try to go see him unless you clear it with his mom first, his dad. But we're grateful. We're grateful for his progress. The other thing I want to say to you is it might look like we've got some kind of casino opening up up here. Or something along those lines. uh, As you probably are aware of, we're getting ready for Vacation Bible School to begin This evening, and uh, folks have been working hard to decorate and get ready for that. And I ask you to pray. Pray uh, this coming week, uh, Sunday through Wednesday night, that God will just speak to the lives of young people, and uh, we will see boys and girls come to Christ. This greatest time, greatest opportunity for someone to come to Christ is when they're a child. And we're praying that that happens this week. So pray for them as uh, our VBS team, as they're working hard to do that. Let me ask you a question. What do you fear? What do you fear? I, well, there was one more thing I was going to say. I want everybody just turn around and look at the back wall up high. Just take a look. I think I'm being sent a message here. Like, I'm not sure what they're trying to do back in the... Keep it short. Keep it short. <laughs> I, I guess maybe I need to go back last week and I s- said that someone suggested I do a sermon, series, a sermon on these three words, cut it short, I said it. That's not in the Bible, uh, actually, those words are. I was sent some messages that they are. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you what maybe they suggested it was in reference to, but um, you know what? I can see that clock quite well. <laughs> so what do you fear? You fear that I'm going to preach for a long day? Is that it? That thing that if someone were to ask you this or that and about what you feared... When your heart starts pounding or your palms begin to sweat and you start to squirm in your seat. What is it that makes you feel uncomfortable? This week I was meeting with an affinity group of pastors that we meet monthly. And something happened during that meeting that caused me to have all those body reactions that I just described. And, and let me preface it by saying I don't have a whole lot of phobias uh, that, um, that like are normally associated with fear, like maybe a fear of spiders or snakes or clowns or flying mice, storms public speaking, of course. I don't have that, those phobias that sometimes um, people seem, if you were to ask, that sort of they say, these are the things I'm afraid of. Uh, but I was taken off guard by a question that was asked of our group on Wednesday, and it really made me feel uncomfortable. The host asked our group, what is the one book that you're reading that really is making a difference in your life? Now, the easy answer to that question would be the Bible, right? We probably all could say that that's it. And, but that's not what the guy had in mind. He wasn't asking us. He, I guess, assumed that we as pastors... Would be reading the Bible, he wanted to know what useful book is out there that uh, you would like to share with this group of pastors that they could really use in their ministry. And I'm like, oh my goodness. When he asked that question, I really began to panic. I began to search my mind to come up with A book besides the Bible that I could make me sound intelligent as I was going to try to answer this question. And nothing came to mind. Like, I I didn't have a single book. And I caught myself praying that He would not start with me, (laughs) which He didn't. I ended up being second out of eight people. I'm sorry, uh, being next to the last out of eight people. But that presented a problem also because the longer I sat there waiting, the more panicked I began about what my answer was going to be. I got more nervous. Literally, my heart was pounding. My palms were sweating. My mind was racing. I was shifting back and forth in my seat. I was in full-blown panic mode and I noticed my heart was beginning to skip beats which it does when I get under a lot of stress like, whoa and all these men before me they were calling out some incredible books by well-known authors and very intelligent people and here I am the most senior of all the pastors of this esteemed group that was gathered. And I hadn't read one book that I could share. One by one, around the table, we went until it was my turn. No book. Why? Because I haven't read a book recently. In fact... The last book I read was when I was recuperating from heart surgery over a year ago, and Carol Ann Bryant gave me a book about the Andy Griffith show, The Way Back to Mayberry, Lessons from a Simpler Time. And I haven't even finished that one yet. Truth is, I don't like to read. Never have, and probably never will I would much rather spend time in my shop than read or mow grass. Why, if I have a choice between reading and cleaning toilets, it's toilets every time. It's that much I don't like to read. Now, I'm not encouraging you younger people not to read. Develop a love for reading. And your life will be so much better for it. And I get this thing, you know, you are what you read. I've heard that and heard that. And it's like, oh, yes, I know, but I just don't like to read. So to ask me a question in this group of intellectuals that I was with that believe being well-read individual is of utmost importance, if someone asked me that, It will cause fear in me. You may be wondering just how I got out of this uncomfortable situation. The same way that people often do when they find themselves in situations that make them uncomfortable. Comedy. I cracked a joke. (laughs) I told my friend Jeff... How much I appreciated him giving me my opening illustration for my sermon on Sunday. When I was going to ask the question, what is the one thing that you fear? Everyone laughed as I brought some levity to the situation, my nervous tensions. And then I became very transparent with the group about my disdain for reading and how uncomfortable it made me feel. If you were to google the question, what do people fear most, you would find a number of different studies that have been conducted in surveys revealing what people fear. Some have to do with phobias, like I described earlier, some uh, were more work and career related, and some had a variety of different kinds of responses like this survey that was conducted and reported by safehome.org entitled the 2021 uh, American Fear Index. This research, it says, uh, into the experiences of 2,000 people from all walks of life have created a, a snapshot of what Americans most fear. During one of the most difficult years to date. What was that year? 2020. This being conducted in 21. And this is what they said. Loved ones dying makes sense. Loved ones becoming seriously ill. Mass shootings. Not having enough money for retirement. Terrorism government corruption, becoming terminally ill, hate crimes, high medical bills, widespread civil unrest. And we can understand that because we lived during 2020. We understand these real fears, real issues, real problems that cause us angst. So how do we deal with all these fears and threats and and many more that we face day in and day out? How do we deal with that? And I'm going to share with you a perspective that I believe, in in fact, I know will help. If you're one of these people that has a problem with fear, I know this will help you without a doubt. And it is very simply this. How do you deal with this is how you view God. How you view God. And what He's able to do with all the things that happen around us and how He works in our lives, how you handle problems, And how you deal with fear has a direct uh, um, correlation with what your view is of God. We've been in a series for the past several weeks entitled, Three Words. And many of you have made suggestions on three words that I could use and these three words came from Jennifer Trammell a few weeks ago, and I appreciate that so much. As people have suggested things, and and the response to that a few weeks ago, I uh, talked about uh, the greatest of these being loved, and I talk uh, talked about my love for cinnamon rolls. And lo and behold, last Friday of the Sunday morning, in walked uh, Carol Bagwell with a big old bag of cinnamon rolls. I enjoyed those every week. I mean, every day this week. I even got to the very last one and I took it for myself. And Lynn came in, she said, And you didn't even share the very last one with me? <laughs> nope, it's <was> mine. <laughs> I'm the one preaching, I'm the one that earned it. <laughs> Can I say this? I love new cars. <laughs> Maybe somebody will respond with that. I don't know. But you're very familiar with the concept behind the series where I've been using three words or a phrase of three words found in the Bible that have been very uh, cherished in our Christian faith. And out of these suggestions came this one from Jennifer. Do not fear. Do not fear. Some have said this phrase or one similar to it appears in the Bible. Watch this. 365 times. One for every day of the year. It's a constant theme throughout the Holy Spirit, the Holy Scriptures. It may appear as, fear not. Be anxious for nothing. Or do not fear. Do not worry. I will not have fear. Whom shall I fear? I will not be afraid. Do not be dismayed. It could come up as, be of good courage, or be brave, on and on and on. There are references where we're assured of the reason that we can overcome fear in life. Our ability to overcome fear is directly affected based on who God is... And how we allow Him to work in our lives, how we practice our beliefs in Him, helps us deal with fear. Now, let me just say this. Everyone has fear. Not one single person is immune to fear. Fear has the potential to overwhelm us, to cause our bodies, as I experienced this past Wednesday, and it was really a very... uh, easy kind of setting and not something that I had to really give a whole lot of thought to but just the the simple question what book are you reading caused me to have fear but then there are times when that fear is so much more uh, overwhelming that that it grips us and we may not know what to do it's a kind of fear when you think it can't be this bad And it seems to get worse. I'm talking about the kind of fear that paralyzes you. And you think, I don't know what to do. Or what's next? You're afraid even possibly to get out of bed. You may have been there at some point. Maybe not to this extreme. But you probably have experienced some kind of fear that's held you hostage. But I want you to know this, that fear is natural. If you experience it, you're normal. And just because you call yourself a Christian does not mean that you should not be experiencing fear none of us are exempt from it it doesn't mean that we don't have enough faith when we have fear you know that old saying faith over fear certainly is a great phrase to live by in fact i could have titled this sermon that faith over fear but just because you have fear does not Necessarily mean that you have a lack of faith. It may mean that you just need to employ your faith. It doesn't mean that God loves you any less than someone who seems to go through life displaying exemplary courage in the face of fear. No matter who you are, whether you've been a believer for 60 plus years or six days, fear is present in this life jesus said it this way in the world you will have you know the rest of the word tribulation other versions say trouble you will experience it jesus said it to be true even he himself faced fears Remember his prayer in the garden, asking God to let this cup pass? How did, he answer, how did he handle his fear? Do you know how he did it? He trusted in his Father. And so can we. So our ability to a- adapt a do-not-fear posture in life rests truly in how much we trust God. So when fear comes... Is that the first reaction? Trust God? Do you trust God? Can I trust God? Do you believe what Scripture tells us? Do you believe that we are promised, what we are promised about God's presence with us? Let me give you some Scripture. Deuteronomy 6, uh, 31, 6 says this. Be strong and courageous. Do not be in dread of them for the it is the Lord your God who goes with you he will not leave you or forsake you or this one very familiar even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death was David say I will fear no evil why because of his trust in God, because He knows of the promise that God has said that I am with you, Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. It's a perspective that God wants us to have whenever we face any kind of fear. Do we do what we're told in the Bible? Trust and watch. What he tells us, here's what Proverbs 3, 3, 5, and 6 says. Trust in the Lord. In fact, just read this with me. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him. What's He going to do? He shall direct your path. The word trust in the Hebrew literally means to lie down on or to stretch out on. You lie down on, stretch out your trust in God. It's a powerful illustration to be able to trust, to, to totally just lay down completely on Him. But notice it says you're to trust the Lord with all of your heart you got to put your whole heart into trusting God because you can't just do it half-heartedly. A half-hearted faith is basically no faith at all. You know, if you were to trust in something, I'm going to put everything I have on it. I'll just show you. I trust this stool. I sit on it. I got all my weight on it, you know? If I, if I can do it. <laughs> if I stand on it. Man, y'all looking good up here. <laughs> I completely put everything that is in me on this stool. I trust it with everything that I have. That's trusting God with our hearts. All that we have. God says, I want you to trust me when you're in trouble. I want us to look at a man who had every right to have fear for what he was facing. It's an account of a man named Stephen who had done some incredible works. And he's a prime example of how to turn adversity, how to turn fear into trusting God. If you have your Bibles, you turn to Acts 6 and we'll read from there. And then we'll jump over to Acts 7. Stephen, a man of full of God's grace and power, performed amazing miracles and signs among the people. But one day some men from the synagogue of freed slaves, as it was called, started to debate with him. They were Jews from Cyrene, Alexandria, Sicily, that word, and the province of Asia. None of them could stand against the wisdom and the spirit which, with which Stephen spoke. You see like, I don't like why I don't like to read? <laughs> so they persuaded some men to lie about Stephen, saying, We heard him blaspheme Moses and even God. This roused the people, the elders and the teachers of the religious law. So they arrested Stephen and brought him before the high council. The lying witnesses said, This man is always speaking against the holy temple and against the law of Moses. We have heard him say that this Jesus of Nazareth will destroy the temple and change the customs Moses handed down to us at this point. Everyone in the high council stared at Stephen because, I mean, something was happening here. His face... Became as bright as an angel's. To say the very least, they don't like what he's been saying. And it does not go over with them very well. In fact, we're going to read the response of what happens in Acts chapter 7, verse 54. It goes on to say, after they had witnessed how his face had this different countenance on it, it was the Spirit of God, may I m- remind you. That was bringing a calm over Stephen in the face of adversity. The Jewish leaders were furiated by Stephen's accusations, and they shook their fists at him in rage. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed steadily into heaven and saw the glory of God and saw Jesus standing in the place of honor of God's right hand. And he told them, look! I see the heavens opened, and the Son of Man standing in the place of honor at God's right hand. As he told them, Look, I see the heavens opened, the Son of Man standing there. Did I just read that? No. In the place of honor. Then they put their hands... Seems kind of silly, doesn't it? They put their hands over their ears and they began to la 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 kind of attitude. They rushed at him and dragged him out of the city and began to stone him. His accusers took off their coats and laid them at the feet of a young man named Saul. As you kind of think about Stephen, you might think of him as being this incredible witness this incredible person you think that Stephen is some kind of superhero for the faith that's somebody way out there that's not like us that has this incredible ability but is not really he's just a regular guy who's learned to do something incredible And that was to place his trust in God. And God uses him in a way that certainly Stephen would not have chosen, dreamed of, but when it came down to it, was ready because of his faith and his trust in God. And his life shows us that our commitment to God should be consistent no matter what the circumstances are. You want to learn how to trust God in the hard times? Learn how to trust God in the good times. In all times, place your trust in Him. And we ought to live our lives in such a way that will enable us that when those hardships come, we know immediately where we're going to find strength. And courage, and trust, and calm. This man, Stephen, who had developed the right kind of attitude, the right kind of practice, was now employing it in his life. Now remember what's happened here. The crowds had turned against him. And they're on the verge of doing something that's bad, stoning him. For Stephen, it's a time when it's as bad as it gets. He's standing there, and the crowd begins to pick up the stones, the rocks, and one by one, they throw and hit him with their rocks and their stones, time after time until he's about to die. So what does he do? Remember what Scripture said he did? He looked to heaven. I think there's so much more in that, that posture that he takes. He's looking and he's gazing into heaven It's as if he's looking and leaning on his relationship with his heavenly Father. He's looking to God. You ever been there? Life has been so so hard. You walk outside maybe and like, God, I have no one else but you to turn to. I know you're out there. I need you to come into my life. The Bible tells us that we're to seek God first, not when we've tried a lot of other things. We're to seek Him first. I I, I may be guilty at times, and it's probably you are too. have said, well, if I could just do this in that time of trouble, or when that fear comes along, if I if I just worked this out and. We try and we strive to come up with different ways that, that to just kind of speak into that fear. And we finally get to a point that doesn't work. That didn't work either. And maybe we finally get to that point it's like, God, I need to trust you. But here, Scripture says, Seek God. First, Go to Him first, not second or third or tenth or any other time. Go to Him before you try everything else. And one of the greatest passages passes all the Bible, the wisest man who ever lived, gives us this great advice that we're to seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and He will give everything you need. That's Jesus speaking. He's telling us this. When you're in a place when you need guidance, you need help, you find yourself at a place of desperation when you don't know what to do about a situation that's going on in your life, what do you do? You seek God first. Live righteously. And do what works. And you know what happens? The Bible tells us God responds he will give you everything you need now I've learned and probably you have too he doesn't always give me everything I want but he gives me what I need and often that is his presence to walk through the journey with me at this time Stephen has every right to fear But you know what he does? He experiences peace. In that moment, when he saw God, he saw the heavens open. And guess how beautiful this is? There he saw Jesus. Remember what Jesus said in 1633 of John? These things have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. I really believe that this was the kind of peace that Stephen was experiencing when he had the right to experience fear he finds peace in Jesus and this is so important when things are tough for us when we're facing some really tough times and hear bad news and we stay sick longer than what we ever thought we would be and Maybe somebody messes up one more time and doesn't like it. You don't like it and causes damage in a relationship. What do you do? You do what Stephen did. In the worst of circumstances, the Bible says he gazed steadily into heaven. So the first thing we should do is put our eyes on God. And the response was, he saw the glory of God. Jesus standing there at the place of honor at God's right hand. He looked to Jesus. Now, here's a, another kind of thing here about how we, what is our perspective of God? Do we believe that God is bigger and able to do something more incredible than our circumstances that we find in life? Do we really believe that he has some plan for it? Here's another thing we can do as we stand and we gaze looking at Jesus. We take, you take your focus off the thing that you fear and you focus on Christ. When you focus on Jesus, what you're doing is you're, you're placing between you and your circumstances Jesus. Jesus and you're looking at your circumstances through what he's capable of doing. You remember that God has your best in mind. You're focusing on Jesus rather than focusing on those worst-case scenarios. You're just, God, would you take care of this? When bad news comes, you thinking, what am I going to do? You look to Jesus, and you remember words that are found in the Bible. All things work together for good to those who love God, who are a part of His family. You remember what the Apostle Paul writes. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. You remember a scripture that says, If God is for you, who, and I like to put in what, can be against you? When you really see Jesus and you stop and take your eyes off of whatever it is that's interfering with that, you look up and you see Jesus, you remember that whatever is those circumstances are is just temporary. And you begin to put it in perspective of eternity. And it begins to seem smaller. Most of us face fear and disappointment. We've been taught that, well, you just got to go through it. You just got to depend on yourselves. And we get stuck in this attitude and this thinking that We've got to supply all the answers. And we don't. Stop pretending that we have to figure it all out. Rather, place your trust in Christ. That's what Proverbs 3, 5 says. Trust in Him with all your heart. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. He's going to make your paths straight. Here's another thing that you can do that really comes out of that verse of acknowledging Him. When you acknowledge Him, you surrender yourself and your troubles to God. That's what acknowledging really means here. When you realize that there's a supernatural strength available to to us from, from God and we have His Holy Spirit to walk with us, your perspective on life changes. And you can begin to, to move from this place of worry and fear to letting Him be the master of your life. But when you do, something's going to happen. It's going to trigger a response. Yes, from God, but there's also going to be another response here, and that's from the Satan himself. He, he's going to probably throw some things in your path that's going to try to get you to lose focus again cause distractions to happen that's going to get you to take your eyes off of Christ. You stay focused on Him. And you remember the words that Paul wrote. Do not be anxious about every, anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And watch this. And the peace of God. Now let me just stop there just a minute. What was it that Stephen found when he was gazing into heaven, looking at Christ? It was peace. And peace came over him. The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Verse 7 says, we have a promise. If you do these things, don't be anxious pray be thankful bring your request before god if you do these things you will experience god's peace which is far more wonderful than we could ever understand that's what it's saying it's a peace that passes understanding when Stephen was facing death he did not have any fear because he was trusting god He was being sustained by God. And when we trust God, we can find peace when everyone else is in turmoil. Is it easy? You know the answer to that. It's no, it's not. It's not easy. Well, everything seems to be caving in around you. You have to make it a practice. I'm not going to be so focused on all of these things around me. I'm not. And maybe you have to tell yourself that over and over it's not going to get the best of me because I have a power that is far greater than any other circumstance that I find myself. And that power is in Jesus Christ. I remember His promise. Jesus said this, These things have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. You see, it's part of that other verse that I use. It's the full verse now. In the world you will have tribulation. In the world you will have trouble. In the world you will experience fear, but be of good cheer, be of good courage, stand firm. Why? Not anything that I've done, but Jesus is telling us, I have overcome the world. You say amen? Would you pray with me, please? I don't know, Father, who maybe this particular sermon is for, but I suspect, and maybe a great number of people need to hear do not fear. That they're seeking peace. Maybe they've been looking in a lot of different places, and nothing has worked, and yet, maybe it's possible that they failed to seek it through Jesus and through trusting you. Father, I pray that today, we would understand that the price that Jesus paid through coming to this earth. Living a perfect life. Taking on those fears that he prayed that he could be another way that he wouldn't have to do it. Going through being arrested for something that he was never responsible for doing, never sinning in his life enduring the torture ultimately being executed on the cross he came to shed his blood and to give his life ultimately he placed in a grave and three days later come back to life the power To overcome this world was a power that you granted to Him. It's that same power that more than 300 times throughout Scripture says, Do not fear, because we have access to that power through Christ Jesus. let that sink into our minds so that when we leave leave this place and still having to deal with a thing called fear that we will not allow it to paralyze us because we place our trust and faith in you pray that everyone here is taking that step That first step is to trust Jesus, to give their lives to Him, and let you be the Lord of the life. So that we do know that we are not going through this world by ourselves, but we're leaning on Jesus. He's walking with us, allowing the Holy Spirit to work, to give us this power. There's one here, Father, that needs to have a a replenishment of that, Father. I pray today that they have found it. If you're here today and you just need to spend some time with God in this altar, or maybe take that first step to coming to Him and asking Him to be your Savior and Lord, And this invitation is for you to do that very thing. Be obedient, and find that peace that God brings as we stand and as we sing.
1: What can I give to you? What
0: can I?
2: father for the salvation that comes through jesus christ for saving our souls but it doesn't stop there the saving is as a daily walk you rescue us from those things that want to trip us up thank you thank you god for saving me amen may be seated please Amen. Sandy's going to come
0: on first out of the gate talk to us about our yes. church library. I think it's a good day to talk Quid about Quick
3: PSA. It. Ladies and gentlemen, have you guys ever experienced clammy hands, sweat, you know, lump in your throat, belly because you have not read a book lately? There are some here in this congregation. <laughs> that have suffered from this very recently, and uh, we are just so thrilled to say that Sunset Hills Baptist Church can come alongside of you and uh, help you with that fear by using our library. We have been so busy um, just filling up our bookshelves in the different genres that uh, we have up there, There is something for everyone except for Pastor Steve, but that will be remedied soon. I'm going to get some woodworking books and some books on cleaning toilets properly (laughs) and maybe some audio books for you because that might help. Um, But uh, in all seriousness... um, Pastor Steve has been gracious enough to let us use this room over here, and we just want to continue to let you guys know it is open and for you. So any Wednesday, any Sunday um, that we are here, the doors are open, just go in and browse the bookshelves. Um, It is so important to put good and beautiful stuff into our minds. I think we can all agree, and summer is a great time to grab a new book. Um, Kids, I know we have some reading challenges over the summer from the library system and things, and you guys can just grab a book and add it to your summer reading list. Adults, we have some pool time and porch sitting time, so grab a book. Um, We have all kinds of genres. We have fiction. We have autobiographies and biographies. We have picture books, uh, chapter books, and middle grade books for students. Um, We have reference books and devotionals and books on marriage and families and uh, doctrine and reference books and hobby books, cooking uh, books, all of those things. So, and if you do not see something that you want, Um, Please, if you have something that you know that you would be interested in, there is a pad over on a podium in that room. And all you need to do is write down a wish list item. Just write wish list, put it down. Pastor Steve has um, offered me some funds allocated so that I can fill uh, the library with what you guys are looking for um, and uh, wanting to... Uh, One last thing. How do you use it? So go in. You don't have to look for anyone specifically. Um, Grab a book from the bookshelf. In the back or on the front you'll see a regular looking library card. Just take it and fill out the date and your name and drop it into the little green box that's right beside the podium in there and that just says that you have the book you may keep it for as long as you um, need it and then when you're ready to return it come on back drop that book right beside the podium and I will put the card back in it and restock it for somebody else we even have a chess board up there if anybody is interested in practicing or learning chess so um, I think that's it I
0: think you said it all
3: okay good good
0: yeah, we've dedicated those funds uh, and space, I think, out of Pastor C's personal guilt. Uh, so I think that's it. Hey, we have several things coming up. Uh, first thing I want to tell you about um, is June the 25th. I'm super excited about this. It's called Summer Vibes. Uh, it's immediately after church on June 25th, 11.30 to 2 p.m. Uh, we're going to be having some really great food here, lots of games And uh, music it's just gonna be a great time to just uh, invest in one another and uh, just some great family fellowship and uh, a good time there so plan on uh, being that save the date for that June 25th Um, also I do want to let you know Pastor Steve mentioned it but um, Troy is home and uh, one thing that would be a blessing to that family Troy's been real candid with me to say there's people in this church that are better cooks than my mom so (laughs) Uh, We have a meal train. We have a meal train that started because he's doing so well. We want to keep him on that road to doing well. And so if you'd like to be a blessing to that family uh, in that way, please come and see me and uh, I'll make sure to share that link with you so you can be a part of that meal train uh, for the next coming days, for the few coming days um, as he continues to uh, get well. And then um, a week from tomorrow, our students are going to be going to student camp. We have about 28 students. And uh, so we're super stoked and excited about that. Be in prayer for us. Um, next week I'll have a um, a prayer list on things that you can pray for us about each day. So be looking for that. Coming up today, later today, you don't want to miss this. It is our VBS kickoff. Twists and turns. All of your favorite nostalgic board games and all the board games that our students or uh, kids are loving today. 630 to 815. Um, if you were one of those people that you're going, oh, we don't know what we... We, we don't know what our schedule was going to be like, but it turns out that we may have a little extra time. I um, see Courtney today at the end of service. I'm sure she has a place that we can insert you, and you can be a blessing tonight as we uh, for the next few days we do VBS. Sam Wood, since we close in worship, thank you for being here. Mr. Alvin. Prayer meeting Wednesday morning, yes, that's in Richard Center's classroom, and uh, just a really great time. If you're one of these folks that you love to stay up with what's going on involved, that, that has been an amazing opportunity to do that. Not only that, but the privilege to be able to lift people up, interceding on their behalf um, in prayer. And it's also, I'm not going to lie, it's a great time of fellowship as well. So uh, come and join us on Wednesday mornings, 1030. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for today. Everything that we do, God, let us glorify you. Uh, Lord, we thank you that you have not given us the spirit spirit of fear, God, but that we know um, how the story ends. We've read the the end of the book. And, God, we know uh, that we're on the winning side here. So we're so grateful for that. Lord, as we go about our way, let everything that we do. I glorify you. In your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Have a great week, everybody. Hi, good morning. This is Kelly. I want to take a moment to personally thank you for joining us for today's live stream. I hope today's message was encouraging and inspiring for you. You know what? We would love to hear from you. If you're here today and you made a decision for Christ, or maybe you just have a simple prayer request, we would love to know about that. You can text the word prayer to 615 776 1807. One of her pastors will be back in touch with you. Hey, if you're in the neighborhood, we'd love to see you in person. You can join us for life groups at 9 a.m. or blended worship at 10 a.m. And let me say this, from your youngest family member to your family member that has the most years of life experience, we have a place for you. You know, I believe that we're living in unprecedented times. People all around us are looking for sources of hope. And you and I, we both know where that hope is found. We have a God who loves us and he wants to meet us right where we are. But you know what? He loves us too much to keep us there. So come and join us, whether online or in person. We would love to shake your hand, give you a smile, and do life with you here at Sunset Hills. Have a great week, everybody.